Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 20. When you have it, won't you say, I got it. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, and behold, somebody say behold. You shall be unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time and behold somebody say behold you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time do me a favor look at your neighbor and say neighbor your shut up is anointed now give him a praise right there My daughter says, shut up is a mean word. I said, and I mean it when I say it. Amen. Your shut up is anointed. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now in the strong name of Jesus. Many of us know what it's like to talk our way out of something good. Many of us have dealt with the disappointment of using our mouth to mess up something that could bless us. I got in trouble a lot as a kid because I talked too much. And uh, many of us know what it's like to let your mouth mess up a miracle because you talk too much. Some of us don't talk too much, but when we do speak, we say the wrong thing. And I don't know which is worse, talking too much or not knowing what to say. But we live in a season, we're living rather in a season where God desires to bless us. God desires to work miracles for us. God desires to make things happen in our lives. And the trick of the enemy is to cause you to use your mouth to mess up the miracle that God wants to send to bless your life. Satan wants to use your mouth, your words, the things that you say to cause you to come out of favor and alignment with God so that you do not receive the promise that God wants to send into your life. What are you saying, Pastor Josh? Are you saying that my words have power over God? No, I'm not saying that your words have power over God, but your words do have power over you. And when your words do not agree with what God has said about your life, then it takes you out of alignment with God and prevents you from being able to receive the things that God 
wants you to receive because God does not send blessings to people who are out of alignment. Do you hear what I'm saying? And your mouth will cause you to come out of agreement with God and into agreement with the devil. So God says you're blessed and highly favored, but your mouth keeps complaining about all the things that you don't have. God says that you are healed and that your healing is on the way, but you keep saying that you feel pain in your body and that this never going to get better the depression that you're feeling in your mind God says you've got to find a way not to live in denial but to learn how to agree with what I've said about your life and if you can't agree with what I've said about your life do what mama said if you can't say something good don't say nothing at all you are in a season where you cannot allow what's in your mouth to mess up what God wants to put in your hand do I have a witness in the building see some of us can't get what God wants us to have because our words do not agree with God and so what I found out is sometimes God will send us into seasons of silence so that we do not sabotage the miracle that he's sending to bless us God help me you missed it sometimes God will send us into seasons where we can't speak where we can't open our mouth where we don't know what to say where we don't know what to uh, explain to anybody else so that we do not sabotage the blessing the miracle that he wants to manifest in our lives and beloved that's what's happening in our text Luke chapter 1 verse number 5 uh, gives us a pronouncement the beginning of a pronouncement before Jesus birth is foretold the Bible tells us that there was a forerunner a prophet that is coming to prepare the way for Jesus and the Bible says that before Mary gets her divine declaration in verse 26 that there was a woman named Elizabeth in verse number 5 that gets a visitation from an angel that tells her that she's going to get pregnant God help me and the Bible says that the angel not only visits uh, Elizabeth uh, but he also uh, comes to Zechariah God help me he comes to Zechariah while Zechariah Zechariah is uh, serving as a priest in the temple of God. And the Bible says that when the angel comes and tells him that he's going to have a baby, Zechariah is filled with doubt because he knows his condition. Somebody say, I know my condition. Yeah, somebody say, I know my condition. Zechariah knows what God has promised him, but he also knows what's preventing him and what has prevented him in the past from getting what God wants him to have. And so Zechariah lets the reality of his condition cause him to doubt what God wants to do in his life. Come here, I'm trying to preach to you. Don't allow what has happened to stop you from believing God for what can happen. God, help me. Uh, th there were things in in your life see this is the this is the problem with a lot of us who are Christians we want God to move us into the future but we won't give up the piece of property that we've been living on in the past we want to hold on to that property that we own in the past not understanding that you cannot live in the past and in the present at the same time so Zechariah is looking at the fact that I'm old I've been trying to have a baby my wife been trying to get pregnant we haven't been able to do it we've been trying this for some years now we're 
advanced in age. My wife is too old to carry a child. I'm too old to give her a child to carry. Now we're in the twilight of our life and you want us to believe that we're going to manifest something that we haven't been able to manifest for years. And Zechariah allows his past to stop him from believing God in the present. When in the past, there was a clear difference. In the past, God didn't tell you you was going to have no baby. You just wanted to have one. You were in the past working without a word. God help me. But now in the present, the difference maker is that you have a word from God that says he's going to do for you what you've been trying to do for yourself. God help me. I'm preaching better than y'all looking at me. The difference maker in your present is now God is on your side. Now God is working with you. God is working for you. God is going into the interview with you. God is going to class with you. God is going to the financial financial aid office with you. God is going to this battle with you and that's what's going to make it different this time. I dare you do me a favor now. Help me preach. Touch your neighbor and say neighbor this time is going to be different. God help me. I don't know who that word is for but God told me to tell you when you leave out of here and go to Monday. Don't go into Monday feeling like you've been feeling. Know that this Monday going to be different. This work week is going to be different. This Wednesday is going to be different. I know I get depressed every Friday but this Friday is going to be different because I've got a word. I've got a word from God. Oh, Zacharias then looks at the angel, Gabriel, who comes to him with a declaration. Oh, God, not only is your wife going to get pregnant, because anybody can do pregnancy. A fertility doctor can do pregnancy. A hospital can do pregnancy. But he tells Zechariah something specific. He said, this baby is going to give you joy. God help me. And he's going to be great in the eyes of the law. And no man will be able to stand before him all the days of his life because he's going to have courage. But just in case, Zechariah, you think it's liquid courage. He's not going to drink any alcohol or strong drink. God help me. Uh, he's not going to shave his head. Uh, he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from the day he's born, from the day he's in his mother's womb. And Zechariah gets this word about John. And he says, you shall call his name John. Yeah, he says, you'll call his name John. I'm going to come back to that. He said, you'll call his name what? John. His name is Zacharias, but he says you're going to call his name John. Remember that. I'm coming back to that. He said you're going to call his name John. And Zacharias asked a question still filled with doubt. He said, look, I understand uh, all this good stuff you're saying, uh, but I have no idea how this is going to happen to me. You must have the wrong person. There are other priests outside the temple. You might need me to go get one of those younger priests. Gabriel says, look, because you didn't believe what God said, verse 20, you will be silent and unable to speak until it happens. And it's going to happen at the appointed time. He says, it's going to happen at the proper time. But you ain't going to be able to talk until it happens. Notice then that it was God, not the devil, who made Zechariah speechless. When we go into situations that make us speechless, oftentimes we try to blame the devil for situations that we can't explain. 
I can't offer a good explanation for this. I have no idea why this is happening. I have no idea why this is going on. I have no idea why this is taking place. What is going on in my life? I don't understand. It got to be the devil. But the text doesn't say that it's the devil. The text says that it was God who shut Zechariah's mouth. So then, so then, why does God Shut our mouth. Number one, uh, God will shut your mouth <laughs> because he doesn't want you to mess up your miracle moment. Yeah. He doesn't want you to mess up your miracle moment. I'm going to come back to it. And then number two, God shuts your mouth. Because he wants you to learn that this is a season not for you to make noise, but for you to make moves. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a season not for making noise, but for making moves. And he doesn't want you to mess up your miracle moment. Pastor Josh, what are you talking about? Okay. It's not a season for making noise. It's a season for making moves. The Bible says that after Gabriel shuts Zechariah's mouth. Zechariah doesn't go home. But the Bible says in verse 23 that he concludes his priestly service. Then he went home. So that means that Zechariah has to shut his mouth and go back to work. God help me. See, see. Zechariah has to shut his mouth and keep on working and fulfill his assignment in silence and not talk to anybody about what he's heard or be able to tell anybody about what he's seen. He has to work in silence. He has to move in silence. He can't talk to anybody and tell them that an angel came and told him to be quiet. He just has to be quiet and do his work. This lets us know then that some seasons of silence are ordained by God because he doesn't want you talking about something you need to be working on. Mm, God Almighty. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want you to be talking about something that you should be working on. But more than that, he's silent and he has to go back to work to show us that just because you're in a season that you can't explain, that doesn't mean you got an excuse for not showing up. That the season that makes you speechless does not exempt you from showing up for service where? In the house of God. Ooh. Because some of us allow hard times, the seasons that make us speechless, the seasons that we can't talk about. We allow those times to make us feel as if it's all right if we check out of worship, if we disengage spiritually, if we no longer want to engage in the house. But God says the reason why I'm making you speechless is because I want you to understand that even when you're speechless, you still got to show up for service. And is there anybody here who's ever gone through situations that you couldn't talk? 
talk about that you couldn't explain. You just had a crazy look on your face. You couldn't offer anybody an explanation, but you still made it to church. And you said, God, if I can't say anything and I got to lift my hands with tears in my eyes, I'm still going to show up because the reason I'm silent is because you want me to know that my words are not necessary for me to give you the best that I got. Oh, some of us are better at talking than we are at serving. That's why we think we need a microphone. But God will shut your mouth and say, now you don't have access to the thing that you do better than everybody else. You just got to be quiet and, and play your role. God help me. Uh, yeah, 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 you got to be, be quiet and play your role. Because if you learn how to be quiet and play your role, when it's finally time for you to speak, you'll have something to say. Oh, God. Sometimes God will shut your mouth and send you to work so that you can gain experience. So that when it's finally time for you to talk, you'll have something to talk about. We have too many internet experts with no practitionary experience. We got too many YouTube influencers that can't even influence themselves to be faithful in the house of God. We got too many aspiring pastors with no practicum and so when hard times come you don't know how to press your way through and help somebody get through the hard times of life but God will submit you to a season where you got to be quiet and do your job so that when it's finally time for you to talk you got something to say but then God will shut your mouth because he doesn't want you to mess up your miracle moment with your mouth yeah yeah, he doesn't want you to mess up your miracle moment with your mouth. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, after these days, verse 23, he went home. Verse 24 says, after these days, Elizabeth became pregnant. <laughs> she became pregnant. Kids is out of here, right? Praise the Lord. She became pregnant. There was only one virgin birth in the whole of scripture. Every other birth, it took two to make a thing go right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the Bible says he went home. And after he got home, Elizabeth became pregnant. Notice now God shut his mouth before he sent him home. God took away his ability to speak. Before he sent him home. Because Elizabeth already had a word. And Zacharias already had a word. Wasn't no talking that needed to happen. God told Zechariah, there is a seed that needs to be planted. But if I send you home talking, your mouth is going to plant the wrong seed. That ain't the seed that need to be planted. So I got to take away your ability to plant seeds of doubt in your wife. God help me. See, sometimes the reason why God takes away your ability to talk is because your seeds of doubt that come out of your mouth will plant the wrong seed into the person that God has assigned to carry your blessing. God help me. Oh God, Elizabeth was there to carry the blessing. But if, if, if Zacharias had come home talking, baby, I don't know how this is going to happen now. I, I, hey, oh, that's a, that's a nice outfit you got on, baby. You got that, that good makeup. You smell good. Uh, but see, I don't know if we should do this because I don't, I don't even want to set you up for disappointment. Can you just feel Elizabeth? She done got ready. She heard the Lord. She done went and got her outfit right. She got her makeup done, face done, hair done, nails done. Everything did. And he come home talking crazy. He says, look, I got to make you shut up. 
Because sometimes you'll talk yourself out of a good thing. God help me. He says, if, it, if, if, if I send you home running your mouth, you'll plant the wrong seed. And sometimes your seed that you plant will mess up the seed that God is trying to plant in faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You with your words will dig up the faith seed that God has already planted. Because in order for it to happen, both parties had to do their part. But if you go home talking about how the angel came and I don't even know if it was a real angel because the incense was burning. It could have been somebody playing in the temple. I don't, I don't even know if it was really God or not. You, you ever had somebody tell you that they don't know if something is God anymore when they used to be so sure it was God? That's because doubt in your mouth will cause you to say the wrong thing. <clears throat> so sometimes God will shut your mouth so that you don't mess up your miracle moment. God, help me. That there is a moment, God help me, that, that is designed to help you bring your miracle into fruition. For Zacharias and Elizabeth, it was this moment. But for you, it might be that moment on your job when your supervisor is trying to see if you still got a bad attitude. So he comes by your desk and give you an assignment that he didn't prepare you for earlier in the week. But you, uh, instead of getting the attitude, you hold your peace. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your miracle moment. Might be when your spouse asks you for something, you've already got good and comfortable in the bed, and God makes you shut your mouth instead of complaining because He's trying to see if you're ready for the next level. And I'm, I'm tired of people. Can I help you? Uh, uh, don't come up here trying to serve the church and you're not doing your job at home. That's not just for men, that's for women, that's for everybody. Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do at home, don't bring your tail up in here talking about you're going to serve the Lord. No, serve where you're supposed to serve. This my church, your church at your house. If you can't do what you're supposed to do at home, stop trying to be a superstar in here and you sit in the bench at home. Stop trying to be Batman at church and you the joker at your house. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That wasn't in my notes, but that's free for you. You ain't even got to sow no seed on that. God shut your mouth. He says, look, he's like, I don't want. He's like, I don't want your mouth to mess up your miracle moment. Yeah. He said, ah. Uh, if, I, if you say the wrong thing, Zacharias, you're going to plant the wrong seed and then we're going to be in trouble. Uh, so God sends Zechariah into a season of shut up. Yeah. A, a, a shut up season. Because he wants to teach Zechariah huh, that your shut up is anointed. Pastor Josh, why do you say that? That, that, that? Where'd you get that from? He look, look at verse 20 again. He says, or verse 19, he says, The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. This good news. Bring you this good news. 
<coughs> now, when you look at the, at the language of the Greek text, Gabriel is not only telling him that what I've said is good news. He says, but what I'm about to say is good news. That messed me up. Because He says, look, I thought that Gabriel was rebuking him. But then I found out that Gabriel was actually blessing him. Because he said, this is some more good news. You're not going to be able to speak until it happens. Which means that the silence was not a punishment. But it was sent by God. What, what, is, what does anointed mean? It means sent. God help me. So your shut up, God help me, was sent by God. God help me. Why then is my shut up anointed? My shut up is anointed, beloved, because God uses my seasons of silence to teach me things that I wouldn't have learned had I been running my mouth. Let me say it again. My, my, my shut up is anointed because God uses seasons of silence to let me learn things that I would not have learned had I still been running my mouth. Yeah. Uh, so then what do I learn? I got 15 minutes. What do I learn in my silent season? Uh, number one, my, my shut up is anointed because in my silent season, I learned to trust God when I don't have the ability to offer defense or explanation for what he's doing in my life. Yeah. My shut up is anointed because in my silent seasons, I learn to trust God when I am unable to offer defense or explanation for what God is doing in my life. Zechariah gets a vision from God. And the Bible says that after Zechariah gets a vision from God, he's unable to speak. But he's still got to go to work and he can't talk. He still got to go to the grocery store and can't talk. He still has to conduct his business and he can't offer an explanation for what has happened in his life. People are probably ridiculing him. They think he's cursed. They think God has done something to him, but he can't explain it. He can't do damage control. He can't control the narrative. He can't do his own PR. And sometimes God will send you into seasons of silence so that you can learn how to trust him to do damage control when you don't know what to say. God, help me. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, I don't know who I'm preaching to. But is there anybody here who used to try to control the narrative? You wanted to control how people saw you. You wanted to control what people thought about you. You wanted to control how they saw you. You were obligated. You felt obligated to tell your side of the story and to make sure that people understood your intentions and that you wasn't trying to be messy and that you wasn't trying to be mean and that you wasn't as angry as people tried to make you out to be but God wouldn't let you talk because God wants you to trust him in seasons of silence to do damage control for you yeah. Yeah. Ooh. God shuts your mouth in seasons of silence so that you stop trying to explain stuff to people that you don't owe an explanation to in the first place. If I can't talk, then I can't try to give you an explanation. 
<laughs> yeah. See, and here's the thing. God forces Zechariah's mouth closed. But he expects you to be humble enough to know when to shut up. Instead of God physically closing your mouth, God will rob you of what to say and trust you to stop trying to dig a hole for yourself, trying to make something up to say, to be silent long enough for him to fight your battles for you. God, help me. You're ruining your reputation, digging yourself into a deeper hole, trying to explain stuff to people that they ain't never going to understand. Because if someone does not want to understand something, they're not going to understand it. If they want to understand something, they'll exhaust every option that they have trying to make it make sense. But if they don't want it to make sense, it's never going to make sense to them. Your shut up is anointed. Because in your shut up, then God can operate in the vacuum of your silence and work on people's heart. And cause them to understand things that your jacked up, convoluted, confused explanation won't be able to make them understand because you shouldn't have been talking in the first place. Okay, I got to move. So, so, so I learned to trust God in seasons that I can't defend or explain what God is doing in my life. But then my shut up is anointed because in my season of silence, uh, I learned to thank God. Uh, because my haters can't mess up a promise that I ain't tell them about in the first place. God help me. I, uh, I, I learned to thank God. Because my haters can't mess up a promise that I didn't tell them about in the first place. I learned to thank God because my haters can't mess up a promise that I didn't tell them about in the first place. God help me. Uh, Zechariah comes out of the meeting with Gabriel and he can't tell nobody what happened. He can't tell nobody what God promised him. Because he can't, and because he can't tell anybody what God promised him. Nobody is able to tell him that God can't do what he promised. God, help me. Uh, oh, God, help me. Sometimes the biggest thief of destiny is us talking about things with people who weren't qualified to hear them in the first place. God, help me. You, you tell people about stuff prematurely. God, help me. And they try to take it from you. They try to take it out of your heart and out of your mind and out of your life and they start speaking doubt to you. But the devil is a liar. God says your shut up is anointed because when you shut up, you don't invite haters into the space that I'm calling you into where they can speak doubt and fear into your mind. Yeah. If you shut up and don't tell anybody what God told you, don't tell anybody what God said he's going to do. You know, you heard God. You know what you saw. But the Bible says, even with Mary, she pondered these things in her heart. God, help me. Uh, God, that, that, that you've got to learn when God gives you a word to just marinate on it. God, help me. Uh, because if it's God, it's going to come to pass. If it's him, he's going to do it. So you ain't got to tell everybody what's happening. Because haters will try to steal it from you by planting doubt in your mind. But not only that, no one can push you prematurely into something you don't tell them about. The problem with a lot of people, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches, is as soon as they felt something, they said something. 
And so now you got half-cocked pastors, half-ready preachers, not excellent, less than excellent ministries because they let somebody push them out prematurely because they started talking about something that God hadn't fully fleshed out in the spirit. Yeah. People can't push you into something that you're quiet about. People can't gas you up to do something that you ain't told them about in the first place. What if Zechariah could talk and he got around because everybody got one or two people in their circle that don't even pray before they start gassing you up. They just start telling you, yeah, man, you can do it because they don't care. They're not invested. They ain't going to have to be there for you when it fall apart. The people who are going to be there are asking you to count up the cost. But the people who ain't coming like, man, you should do that. And I'm going to watch you. They don't say that part. I'm going to watch you from over here. Zechariah, you know, uh, I know the angel said that the baby's name should be John. <laughs> and Elizabeth said that the baby's name should be John. But you do know that the father got the right to name the child, you know. Uh, I, yeah, and I ain't trying to gas you up, bro, but I wouldn't let no woman, if I was to have one, you know what I mean? I wouldn't let no woman tell me what to name my kid. I'm going to name my kid what I feel like naming it. Ain't got wife or child the first, baby mama the second. And telling you what you should do. But if you don't tell them about what God said, they don't have the ability to speak into something they don't know about. People will push you prematurely into something that only God is going to have to see you through. Do you hear what I'm saying? All right. So my shut up is anointed because in my silent season. I learned to trust God when I can't offer explanation or defense for what he's doing in my life. My shut up is anointed because in my silent season, I learned to thank God because my haters can't destroy a promise that I didn't tell them about. Uh, but then my shut up is anointed uh, because God helped me. I, I, I'm going to try not to shout on this point. My, my, my shut up is anointed because... I learned that even though God took my ability to speak, he left me with what I needed for the next season. Huh. Zechariah lost, and thank God for my daughter Tamia, she's been practicing K, uh, her, her, her senses. And, and when I heard her practicing her senses some time ago with her mother, it blessed me and gave me the point that I'm about to give you right now. There are five senses. Gabriel, on behalf of God, only took one from Zechariah. But the one sense that he took from Zechariah was the sense that he needed the least for this next season. He took away his ability to speak. But in order to get to the next level, beloved, you don't need to speak like you need to hear. And every good teacher, like my mother, will tell you that you can't talk and listen at the same time. God help me. And some of us will mess up hearing God because we talk too much. God help me. We don't know how to be quiet 
So God takes away your ability to talk so that you can hear. God, help me. And is there anybody here who understands that you hear better in silence? God, help me. Silence helps your concentration sometimes and your consecration. God takes away your ability to, 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 to speak. But he left you with your ability to hear. And some of us need to hear God in this season. God, help me. You hearing everybody else. You're having conversation with everybody else. Uh, God says, no, let me take away your conversational capacity so that communication can only flow one way. And then I'm going to take away people from around you so that you can't speak to nobody. And the only person you can hear is me. But when you get in contact with me, I'll give you everything that you need. Zacharias lost his ability to speak, but he could still hear. He lost his ability to speak, Maya, but check this out. He could still see. God, help me. Uh, uh, I, I may not be able to speak, but I still got vision. God, help me. I, uh, I might not be able to talk about uh, what I see, but I can still see some stuff. God, help me. Oh, God. And is there anybody here who's ever been in a season where people thought they were getting over on you? Uh, people thought uh, they were making, making a mess over you uh, uh, and God would not clear you to say anything about it, but you peep game? God, help me. Uh, I, I see you. God, help me. Oh, God, I dare you. I dare you to go to that co-worker at your job and uh, when you get to work next week and just be like, I see you. I, I, you ain't got to say nothing to them. Just be like, I see you. I, I see you. I, I see what you're working on. Go to that family member, that messy one. The one that's always starting drama and running away. Uh, tell him, I see you, boo. I got you. I, I see you. I see what you're working on. Because God says, uh, I might not be able to speak on it, but I can see it. And if I see it, I can avoid it. Yeah. I can't talk, but I can hear. I can't talk, but I can see. But then this is the one that shouts me. Uh, because I don't need to speak like I need to hear God. I don't need to speak like I need to see. But in this season, I ain't even got to talk about it if God will let me touch it. God help me. Uh, and even though I lost my sense of speech, I still got my ability to touch. God help me. God says that this is the season of silent blessings. God help me. Uh, everything you get, you ain't going to be able to post about. You ain't going to be able to tell folk about. You're not going to be able to flash on social media. Some things you're going to have to be able to be quiet and still put your hands on it. God help me. I, I, and God says, I want to see if you've matured to the place where you don't need an audience to give me praise for what I'm doing in your life. You can go home and check your balance and bless me in the bathroom. God. God, help me. You can go home and get a credit karma alert and praise me in your driveway as you get into your new car that you ain't even got to press no buttons to get in. You can just God says I want to see can you praise me in private because you can't speak on it but you can put your hands on it. God help me. Oh God. And is there anybody here that can say I'm matured to the place where I ain't got to talk about it. I can just walk in it. God if you just let me walk in it. If you just let me have it. If you just let me. God I ain't got to post my date night. Just let me have one. God I ain't got to post my vacation. Just let me go on one. God I ain't got to post my stacks of money. Just let me have some. God I just want to be able to go and do and be and I don't need the validation of other people to, for me to celebrate what you've done in my life I can't speak on it but I can see it I can touch it yeah. I'm, I'm looking for people who, who are so who are so mature 
that your tax bracket can change and your wardrobe don't. God, help me. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking for people who are so blessed and who are so secure in what God is doing in their life that your tithe go up but your praise don't change. God, help me. Uh, because I was a praiser before the billions. God, help me. Is there anybody here who can say that there ain't no higher I can go? I'm giving God the best that I got right now. It's not going to change much about me. All right. I got to quit. So he says, uh, you'll shut up his anointed. Right? Because in my silent seasons, I learn uh, to trust God when I can't defend or explain what he's doing in my life. My shut up is anointed. Uh, secondly, because uh, my haters, I learn to be grateful because my haters can't kill a promise that I didn't talk about. And people can't push me prematurely into something they ain't know. Uh, thirdly, I learned how to thank God. Because even though he took my ability to speak, he left me with exactly what I needed to get by in the next season. I can still hear God. I can still see my enemies. And I can still touch my blessings. But then lastly, uh, my shut up is anointed. Because God uses my silent seasons to teach me. That it's better for me not to open my mouth until I can agree with God. Yeah, it's better for me not to open my mouth until I can agree with God. I know y'all think I made that up. Uh, look at verse 59 for it. John is born, and they're taking him to the temple with great rejoicing so that he can be circumcised. Verse 59 says, and it happened on the eighth day. They came to circumcise the child and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father, after his father. Elizabeth, Zacharias still can't speak. So Elizabeth says, no, indeed, but he shall be called John. 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 His father's name is Zacharias. But they said, he'll be called John. And they said to Elizabeth, as if she didn't know what she was talking about, as if she hadn't spoken to her husband, if they hadn't had agreement. Ain't nobody in your family called John. And the Bible says, verse 62, and they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, his name, not is supposed to be, not will be, but as he is, his name is John. God help me. And they were all astonished, verse 64, and at once his mouth was open and his tongue was loose. Stop right there. Notice. Gabriel promised him, you're not going to be able to talk until everything I said comes to pass. The Bible says then in verse 64 that his mouth wasn't open until he named the baby John. The baby was already here. God has already done what he said. But there was a key principle that you have to learn about your blessing. That your blessing is not complete 
until you call it what God called. God help me. Your miracle is not finished until you identify it by what God identified it by. And too many of us want to trust God until we get it and then change the name of it when it's finally in our hand. But God said, you got to name that baby John. Now this messed me up. Sherrod, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing this message and I'm looking at this text and, and it messed me up because I'm trying to figure out what's so special about the name John. Aside from the fact that's my, 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 my late father-in-law's name, that's my wife's brother's name, it's a good name, John. John is a good name, but I didn't understand what was special about the name. Because when I look at the name Jesus, Yeshua, I understand that means Jehovah is salvation. When I, when I look at names in the Bible, I understand Moses means he was drawn out of the water, which he was found in the Nile. I understood that there are purpose, there is purpose behind names. But when I look at the name John, I was tripping because I'd never looked up what the name John means. The name John is Yohanan in Hebrew. And what Yohanan means is God has been gracious. God, help me. God tells Zacharias that you got a right to name the baby after you. But if you name the baby after you, then everybody that sees the baby is going to think you did that. I know that to be true. Because I named my son Joshua Jr. And every time somebody look at him, they be like, he sure is Joshua Jr. They spend some time with him, see how he act. Like, oh God, he is Joshua Jr. But Zechariah says, no, don't do like that. Don't do like everybody else. Because I don't want everybody else to take the credit or give you the credit for what I'm doing in your life. When everybody looks at what I've done for you. They need to be able to say, God has been gracious. God, help me. Oh, God, and I got, the, I got a question for you. I just got a question. I got a question for you. I got two questions. This is my first question. Number one, uh, what are you going to name your blessing? God, help me. Uh, when, when God finally does for you what you've been waiting on him to do for you, what are you going to name it? What are you going to call it? Are you going to call it something that blesses you? Or are you going to call it something that glorifies God? Oh, God, every blessing that I get... I I want you to know its name is John. God, help me. If I get a car, its name is John. If I get a house, its name is John. If I get a new job, its name is John. If I get a raise on the job I got, its name is John. If my marriage gets better, its name is John. If my children are blessed, their name is John. Because everything I got is a product of the grace of God. When you look at it, God has been gracious to me. And I wish I had a church. He says, God has been gracious. He says, God, the testimony is, God has been good to me. He said, that's my testimony. The Bible says that once he says his testimony, that it's not by the work of my hands, that it's not by the sweat of my brow, it wasn't because my wife was fertile and because I was virile. It, it was because God did it. God helped me. Uh, God made this thing happen for me. And once he gives God the credit, the Bible says, then his tongue was loosed. God helped me. I'm too Pentecostal for that. The Bible can't read that way to me. It says his tongue was loosed and his mouth 
was open. God help me. God. That means that there was two things that happened. His mouth was open. God help me. Ooh. And his tongue was loosed. And when God loosed his tongue, what's the first thing he did? He didn't ask to hold the baby. God help me. He didn't ask to cut the umbilical cord. He didn't ask to hug his wife. But he said, I'm going to give God praise. God, help me. The first thing I'm going to do, God, help me. When God looses my tongue, is I'm going to use it to give him glory. God, help me. And my question for you is, if you're waiting on God to do something, if you've been in a silent season, if God's been forcing you to shut up and watch your enemies talk about you and watch them post subliminal statuses about you and watch them be crazy with you and watch them talk to you stupid, God said, what's the first thing you're going to do? when your mouth come open God help me oh God I want to see how much you've matured in your season of silence are you mature enough now that when your mouth come open you don't go after your haters God help me that when your mouth comes open you don't go after your enemies that when your mouth comes open you don't try to get them back but God says what you gonna do when I loose your tongue and somebody said I'm gonna give him glory for everything that he's done I'm gonna give him praise for everything that he's done in my life. Zechariah says his name is John and I want you to know that John means God has been gracious but it doesn't just mean God has been gracious it means that God will be gracious. So God says you're here Zechariah not just because of my grace but you will be here because of my grace and is there anybody here who can say that's why I got to give him praise I don't give him praise because I'm smart I don't give him praise because I'm resourceful I don't give him praise because of everything he's done for me but I give him praise because in spite of myself his name is John is there anybody here that can say that's my testimony his name is John you're looking at my miracle his name is John you're looking at my blessing his name is John you're looking at the car I drive but his name his name is John is there anybody here that can testify that everything I have is by the grace of God everything that happened to me that was good God did it grab your neighbor's hand and say neighbor I'm here by the grace of God is there anybody here that knows his grace is the reason for the season amazing grace good God from Zion I got to get out of here now we got a birthday party to go to but is there anybody here who's grateful for his grace grab your neighbor's hand and say I'm here by the grace of God now my mother is 
not really a singer. She can hold a tune. But my mama, Pastor Deborah Eggerson, is not really a singer. All of the children can sing real good. Her husband can sing real good. Her sister Sharon is a music teacher. But my mother is not a singer. But in the Baptist church that I grew up in, every now and then, they would ask my mama to sing a sermonic solo before my daddy got up to preach. And my mother only knew one song. She'd get up to the mic, ask the musician to put her in B-flat, and she would sing this song that makes me happy every time I think about it. she say, amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. And I think if Zacharias could have sang a song in Luke chapter 1, he would have sang amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For grace that bought my liberty. Can I tell you why I get happy? My mama would say, I do not know just how he came to love me so. But he looked beyond, yes, God, all of my faults and saw my needs. So I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous the grace to catch my falling soul. He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my needs. And then my little mama would go sit in her seat on the front row. And my daddy, with tears in his eyes, would get up behind her and say 